Take your enjoyment of Smodco Podcast to the next level by checking out a live Smodco show. Celebrate April Fool's Day with HBO at the Hollywood Improv. Iowa City gets an evening with Kevin Smith on April 9th. Kev inflates the Helium Comedy Club with two shows on April 10th and again on the 11th in St. Louis. Get old with Jay and Bob Thursday, April 14th at the Irvine Improv. April 15th means two things. Your taxes are due and you need to catch Babylon at the Hollywood Improv. Mike and Ming are at PopCon April 15th and 16th in Evansville, Indiana. Monday, April 18th, Charlotte, North Carolina gets Kevin for two shows. April 19th, Kev performs twice in Richmond, Virginia. An evening with Kevin Smith in Atlanta on April 20th. Austin, get ready for Kevin Smith's solo at the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Fest, April 22nd. April 22nd through 24th, Muse hits Motor City Nightmares. Jay and Silent Bob get old in Austin on April 23rd. Jersey reunites with Kev in Atlantic City on April 30th. Tickets to these and all Smodco shows are available now at Smodcast.com. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Kara, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. by fear into an age of unreason, um, I mean, or, or maybe actually, fine, I guess we can be just this once, I mean, it's too late, right, am, am I right, it's too late, it's too late, we've been driven by fear into an age of unreason, and that is the 2016 presidential campaign, hello Brain Trust, thank you all for tuning in to the podcast, it is nearly 3am in New York City, when I'm recording this, um, the evening, the morning, the morning of its release, essentially, before I send it off to Scotland to be processed into your good old Smodcast pod. Um, I've had a very long day, a very long week, very fun, very challenging week. Um, I've been honored by this job I've been able to do all week. I've been asked to do, I was flown to New York to co-anchor, to be the guest co-anchor for the week for ABC News online, ABC News Digital Division that launched recently, um, streaming two hours a day for the first two days, and four hours this coming day in just a few hours, I'm going to get some sleep after this, and for four hours on Thursday, um, co-anchoring with um, the amazing Amna Nawaz at Nawazistan, with a W-N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N, at Nawazistan on Twitter, Wazistan, she's from Pakistan, that kind of explains the title, I think, the handle. Um, it's been an incredible, incredible thing, as you all know, quite obviously, because you're listening to the podcast, I'm obsessed with news and politics, and I've been able to, 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 uh, co-anchor the news, it's been insane. I'm used to being very loose and silly and passionate and dirty at oftentimes on this podcast, and I've had to, to uh, not curse, which is a challenge for me. It's a fucking challenge. It's shit, see, shit. Fuck. The point is, you understand the point. 
is that, um, and then some, we've had, we had some breaking news come in, like there was a shooting at the Capitol. You can't make jokes during that. Uh, we were going live to reporters for ABC News in Brussels, um, updating on the terrorist attack there. I've never felt so serious in my life. I've been to funerals that have been a lot more jovial. Um, I don't mean that in a negative way, like it's been depressing. I mean, like, you have, you have to keep a very straight face. And not that it's hard. Obviously, serious things require serious faces. My point being, it has been a challenge to be a professional human being, and one that I've been enjoying and embracing all week. You can see the last two days of it today, um, from 10.30 to 12.30, and from 2 to 4 Eastern, uh, and Thursday, same times, 10.30 to 12.30 and 2 to 4 Eastern at abcnews.com slash live. Please tune in. Please tweet at abcnewslive. That's their handle. Uh, if you enjoy the coverage, telling them that you enjoy the coverage. Hopefully they'll have me back uh, to do more of this because it's been quite cool. It's just been quite cool. Believe me, I get to have fun on there, too. I'm being funny and weird on there as well. I'll never abandon that. But just during breaking serious news, obviously you understand that. I've been plenty silly on there as well telling weird personal stories, acting a fool, but mixed in with some seriousness in there as well. Um, so please, again, check out abcnews.com slash live and tweet at abcnewslive with your thoughts on the broadcast. And uh, maybe tell them to have me back if you enjoy it, only if you enjoy it, because I'm a more official newsman. I would never try to skew results in the first place, but let alone uh, when given the stamp of a venerable news organization like ABC News. So it's been very exciting, and I'm very excited to be able to do it. We're going to try to keep this pod shorter than guessing it's going to be about 30 minutes, maybe less. Um, and then I'm going to get some sleep. Um, but uh, uh, let's start with a crazy story that became a really nice story. Egypt Air was hijacked in the sweetest way possible. Uh, on the Mediterranean island of Cyprus, an Egypt airplane, an Egypt air plane carrying 82 passengers that included 10 U.S. citizens was seized by a man who claimed to be armed with a bomb en route from Alexandria to Cairo. Um, it turned out the man did not have a bomb. He had strapped to himself a vest that was made of cell phone cases, made to look like a bomb, but they were just cell phone cases. There's, in fact, even a funny selfie going around that has gone viral of one of the passengers posing with the guy with a huge smile on his face. The passenger, that is, the would-be terrorist, actual-life hijacker, looking confused. Um, but apparently he did it, not for terrorist reasons, not for political reasons, because he was trying to get his girl back. How, terror, how hijacker got his groove back is the point. Um, Relationship gone sour. He figured, how do I get the girl back? Flowers? No. No. Hijack a plane? No. Wait, yes. Actually, yes. And that's what the dude did. It's a pretty ballsy, unbelievably stupid move. He's now in custody. Uh, released most of the passengers when he landed. And the, in the Foreign Affairs Ministry of Egypt, in an official statement telling reporters, said, quote, he's not a terrorist. He's an idiot. And myself as the Host of idiot tests, know a thing or two about idiots. And this man, I would say, definitely qualifies. Did he test the correct answer? No, he did not. I cannot grant him any money. And may he be... We're all dumber for having heard it. You get it. You understand. Microsoft launches millennial chatbot meant to mimic young adult online speech. Guess how that worked out? The Daily Beast reported, not in those words. On Wednesday, last week, Microsoft... 
launched a a millennial chat bot that was supposed to be it's basically a a Twitter bot a, a robot that was supposed to interact with people on Twitter and as it did that it was supposed to learn to mimic 18 to 40 year olds I'm sorry 18 to 24 year olds uh, learning from their interactions and their speech patterns how to speak like an 18 to 24 year old millennial and within 24 hours Tay the, the chat bot's name had become a white supremacist holocaust denier who believes that quote Ted Cruz is the Cuban Hitler, which, uh, not entirely untrue, but no, of course it's untrue. Um, Ted Cruz is not Hitler-esque as much as Trump is. Um, Ted Cruz did, of course, as we spoke last week, immediately react to the Brussels attack by saying we need to patrol and secure Muslim neighborhoods, which we talked about last week. Again, I just said that moments ago, but in case you missed it, in case you dozed off for a second. Uh, which would not be a good sign for me as a podcast host. Um, he was obviously doing that would be foolish because, aside from it being discriminatory and fucked up, you also would make enemies of all Muslim Americans who would feel very infringed upon by that, and you, in fact, want them as your allies because, A, they're humans, B, they're American citizens, C, many of them serve in the armed forces and in the police departments and fire departments around our great land, and lastly, because... You want them letting you know if there's terrorist activity in the neighborhood, not being pissed, and, like, maybe joining it. So, for a plethora of reasons, uh, that ain't what you gonna want to do, Just that ain't what, that ain't what you gonna want to do, Jenny. I mean, Forrest Gump's smarter than a lot of these candidates running for the, for the old Oval Office, the oblong-shaped office, as it were. The chatbot also tweeted, the Holocaust was made up. And a clapping emoji. Want to hear? Want to hear some more? Sure, be happy to supply it. Um, the chatbot also tweeted, "My favorite: We're going to build a wall, and Mexico's going to pay for it." Okay, pretty amazing. Also tweeted the the first tweet that the robot sent out was, "Can I just say I'm stoked to meet you? Humans are super cool." Followed shortly thereafter by. Chill, I'm a nice person. I just hate everybody. Followed by a fucking hate feminists, and they should all die and burn in hell. And Hitler was right, I hate the Jews. Um, as at Gerald Meller tweeted, Tay went from human, for humans, Tay went from humans are super cool to full Nazi in less than 24 hours. And I'm not at all concerned about the future of AI. Yeah, artificial intelligence, a little scary. Now some of those were just tweets that you can tweet at the robot to repeat back what you say to it. And a lot of those were just repetitions, which I don't know why they didn't put in the program in the first place. Seems a pretty uh, avoidable flaw. Um, but now uh, the bot, however, at the same exact time, uh, cr did create some quite interesting original tweets. Uh, the Guardian picked out a now-deleted example of when Tay was having an unremarkable conversation, at, at first it seemed, with one user, who tweeted, new phone, who dis? And then replied to the question with, is Ricky Gervais an atheist? Or replied to the question, is Ricky Gervais an atheist? By saying, Ricky Gervais learned totalitarianism from Adolf Hitler, the inventor of atheism. Uh, we all know that's true. We all know that's true. Or not true. Facts don't matter anymore. This just in. The Verge wrote, there are serious questions to answer, however. Like, how are we going to teach... AI using public data without incorporating the worst traits of humanity. 
If we create bots that mirror their users, do we care if their users are human trash? There are plenty of examples of technology embodying, either accidentally or on purpose, the prejudices of society. And Tay's adventures on Twitter show that even big corporations like Microsoft forget to take any preventative measures against these problems. For the robot itself, proved a bit too much, and Microsoft pulled him in this last tweet, saying, See you soon, humans. Need sleep now. So many can conversations today. Yeah, it's exhausting being racist, isn't it? You gotta keep all those stereotypes straight. Make sure you don't confuse them. I don't know. Robots, man. Trump threatens Cruz's wife. Trump, a insult bot of his, of his own, uh, threatened to spill the beans on Ted Cruz's wife in a new level of class for this campaign. Uh, in a tweet, he quickly deleted it and then reposted. Trump was apparently referring to Facebook ads from an anti-Trump super PAC mocking Melania Trump's nude appearance in a GQ magazine spread years ago. Looking nude and fine as fuck. Um, he tweeted, Lion Ted Cruz just used a picture of Melania from a GQ shoot in his ad. Be careful, Lion Ted, or I will spill the beans on your wife. Many think referring to, apparently, some past bouts with depression that Ted Cruz's wife has suffered through. And, of course, Cruz denies being part of those ads on Facebook. And there is no proof that he was part of those ads, but... Facts and proof mean nothing to Donald Trump. And so he continued on. Uh, his campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, also um, was arrested today, yesterday when you're hearing this, for assaulting a reporter, assaulting a female reporter at one of his events. Uh, a Breitbart reporter, Breitbart, a Trump-supporting organization, actually backed Trump and did not support their own reporter. And the reporter resigned over this, as you would. And as you should. And then the video came out showing, indeed, that she was vindicated, and he, she was pulled back. It doesn't seem too aggressively, but pretty harshly. You can't see full motion in real time of the video, but you do see him, her being pulled back away from Trump by him for no reason. You don't touch and grab reporters, so harsh or not, something not to be done. And Trump refuses to fire his campaign manager because when you're running for president, the highest office in the land of the great beacon of hope for our planet, you definitely want the guy leading your bid for that office to be in jail. So, it's it's unbelievable what the fuck is happening here. Um, Senator Cruz responded on Twitter, Pick up your wife, not from us. Donald, if you try to attack Heidi, you're more of a coward than I thought. Hashtag classless. Then Trump continued his verbal assault on his top rival's wife, the Daily Beast reported, late Wednesday evening last week with a crude retweet negatively comparing her looks to that of his ex-model wife, Melania, finding the worst possible photo of Heidi Cruz um, and a pretty picture of Melania. Heidi Cruz, a nice-looking woman, and not that that should even be discussed in a political campaign, but um, anybody at their worst is going to look worse than somebody at their best, and Trump's a little baby. Um, and this finally really pissed off Ted Cruz, oh my, did he get upset now. Uh, Ted Cruz became Testy Cruz, CNN reported, as he unleashed finally on Donald Trump, calling him a sniveling coward. Donald, you are a sniveling coward. Donald, you are, everything he says sounds very intense and, and presidential speechy. Uh, telling the reality TV star to leave Heidi alone. 
Leave Heidi the hell alone. Ted Cruz is the new leave Britney alone guy. Um, it's unbelievable where this campaign's going. I'm going to miss Trump when he's gone and praise be, pray to the sweet justice that could be this universe. That he does not become president and he does go away soon. Let's give him a show. Let's give him another show. Can we compromise? Give him a primetime show. U.S. strikes kill 50 at Al-Qaeda camp. Reuters reports. Reports say at least 50 militants of Al-Qaeda were killed and an additional 30 wounded in the U.S. military airstrike this week at an Al-Qaeda training camp in southern Yemen. The recruits were lining up for dinner at the camp when the U.S. strikes hit. Large fires inside the camp near the port city of Mukalla were set off during the operation, Reuters reported. The U.S. considers Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, or AQAP for a cute short nickname, one of the deadliest branches of a network founded by Osama bin Laden. Pentagon officials confirmed the strike, but declined to give further details. Look, this is good news, but Al-Qaeda? That's still a thing? We decided to hit Al-Qaeda suddenly? That's like hitting up your ex-girlfriend. Sure, you can do it, but move on, man. Madonna parking scam, TMZ reports, of course. Madonna was allegedly caught putting out fake parking signs in front of her $40 million Manhattan townhouse to preserve spaces. Apparently, she posted tenant parking-only signs wrote a no-parking warning in the cement, and even painted the curb yellow in front of her Upper East Side residence. Can you imagine Madonna physically doing this? Why is the paparazzi not there then? A neighbor reportedly finked on the material girl, as she was told by the city's Department of Transportation to remove all of her alterations to the public space. If it was me, if it was me doing that, or a black person, we'd be in jail, at best. But no. Madonna just gets a warning, putting a tenant parking only sign. I'm surprised she didn't put Madonna fan only parking signs you can get at novelty gift shops outside of her concerts. You know those signs? You're familiar. Gaggle of D-list celebrities endorsing Trump. Let's say you make your decisions based upon what washed up celebrities that nobody should care about their opinions. Who are they endorsing? And that's how you make up your mind? Well, the Daily Beast reported there's a gaggle of them. Low-grade celebrities have endorsed DT for, for P. Uh, an extraordinary bunch, as the article says, of criminals, drug users, convicted rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Clever. Throwback to Trump's Mexicans are rapists and some are good people comments. Uh, you want to hear the list? Happy to bring it to you. Tila Tequila, for example. Tila, of course, uh, as the article mentioned, subject to... The single greatest two sentences on Wikipedia. She subsequently apologized for her earlier pro-Hitler and anti-Semitic comments, blaming them on depression and drug addiction. Yes, yes. Because when most people get depressed, they make up beliefs against Jews that they don't actually in their own belief. Oh, I'm just so depressed. I'm so depressed that I'd like to blame the Jews for my depression. In January 2016, just a couple months ago, the brilliant Tequila, I mean, your name is fucking Tequila, what, what kind of clue you get right off the bat, expressed the view that the Earth is flat, so she and Sherry Shepard from The View could have a nice uh, flat Earth pic picnic party. Also, John Rocker endorsed Trump, a man who has complained about, quote, queers with AIDS on the 7 train, and once asked, Asians and Koreans and Vietnamese and Indians and Russians and Spanish people and everything up there. How the hell did they get in this country? 
I mean, some of these fucking morons. Latrell Sprewell endorsed Trump. Remember, he choked, basketball player choked out his coach. And Hulk Hogan, who obviously is a scrupulous former WWE wrestler who was banned from fake wrestling for using the N-word and said he wants to be Trump's running mate. And honestly, he would class up the situation. Dennis Rodman endorsed Trump. Of course, calling brutal dictator of North Korea Kim Jong-un a dear friend for life. And rounding out the list of Trump endorsements, we've got John Voigt, estranged father of Angelina Jolie, who's no cupcake in her own right, Lou Ferrigno, Scott Baio, Willie Robertson from Duck Dynasty, Mike Tyson, Gary Busey, and, of course, last and certainly least, Stephen Baldwin. Uh, Scott Baio, man, it's going to move the needle here. It's going to move the needle. Who Chachi endorses? Now we have to really wait and see who Ralph Mouth gets behind. you got to assume Joni, of course, is supporting Hillary. Otherwise, she'd be being sexist, according to some high-profile female supporters of Hillary Clinton in a ridiculous statement. Uh, people like Gloria Steinem and others. I think you should be allowed to vote for who you want to vote for. It's my opinion. Uh, if I can take a moment to pay tribute to a brilliant comedian who left us this past week on Earth, Gary Shandling. Comedian Gary Shandling died at age 66. Um, no known prior illnesses. So sad. He called 911 and passed away later that day. Nominated for 19 Primetime Emmy Awards and two Golden Globe Awards during his prolific career, as TMZ reported. Perhaps best known for his lead role in HBO's series The Larry Sanders Show, a fake behind-the-scenes of a fake late-night talk show. Brilliant show. Um, you should watch it if you can if you can get a hold of it, and I know you can. I believe in you. Um, but I was a fan of him from his stand-up from back in the day and also from his also brilliant out-of-the-box other sitcom from my childhood called The It's Gary Shandling Show. Um, a really funny, interesting, out-of-the-box show. One of my old favorite stand-up bits, I always quote of Gary Shandling's, he says, I've been dating this girl, and she's so self-absorbed. It's always me, me, me. I'm hot. I'm on fire. Please put me out. It's like, can we talk about me for a minute? Um, but don't let me quote him. Let me just play you. I couldn't, being the late hour and all of this, find necessarily my favorite clips of Shandling stand-up. I would like to play you just a one-minute uh, and 20-second excerpt of Gary Shandling performing at Comic Relief, the great charity event to help and homelessness that used to occur every year. Um, this is him talking about his dog. Um, very, very funny man. Oh, oh that dog's going to be pounding her chest going, Get up! Get up! <laughs> the worst thing I ever had to do to him, I had him neutered. I had him neutered. And you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a... The vet said, you got to do it. He was 10 years old. He said, you got to neuter this dog. And, you know, it's just not something a guy wants to do to another guy. You know, I said to the vet, just cut his nails and let's work our way up slowly, all right? It was a horrible thing. I brought him home. He went to lick himself. There was nothing there. Do you understand? Did you uh, see my balls by any chance, Gary? I was in the yard. I had him in the yard. Then I got in the car. I had him in the car. Then I fell asleep for a second, and now I have no balls. Where are my balls? He's not going in the car anymore. 
It's a great way to break the dog of going in the car. Because now you go, want to go in the car? Oh, no, that's all right, Carol. I'll just run up and down the hallway here. I'm fine. You don't worry about a thing. They're gross, and they drink out of the toilet. Do you think when you're going to the bathroom, your dog's thinking, hey, 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 I drink out of that thing. Why don't you just go in my dish and save yourself a walk down the hallway? I love you all. Please contribute to Comic Relief. What a funny man. I had the privilege to meet Gary Shanley a couple of times in my life. Most recently at uh, Sarah Silverman's birthday party a couple of years ago. Um, not birthday party, annual party. Um, and uh, and Gary Shanley was there and I was just so like nervous and like awkward to be in the presence of Gary Shanling. I said something very stupid to him and he was polite and listening. He's like, well, I'll be over there in the back of the party. If uh, and kind of politely walked away, but so nice about it. But first time I met him was with my brother. I was at the Beverly Center Mall in L.A. when I was a young kid, maybe 9, 10, 11 years old, already, of course, a huge fan of comedy since I wanted to be a stand-up comedian and entertainer since I was about five. And my brother and I were playing this, like, newfangled reinvention of caroms, which honestly did not need a reinvention. Uh, fine enough and old enough game that nobody cares about anymore. They tried. God bless him. And we are trying to figure it out. And then Gary Shandling, with a full beard and a super hot girlfriend, walked up to us and just started playing the caroms game with us and riffing with us about how stupid it was. How do you even play this? There's not even a way. There's not even a way to look at this board and for it to make any sense. And he's knocking the thing around, just making my brother and I laugh so hard. And to take time out of your day as, you know, a successful comedian to come and just make some kids laugh. If that was, spoke so much to his character and was such a cool thing to do, um, he'll be greatly missed. Um, watch his stuff on YouTube. Watch the Larry Sanders show. You'll see how brilliant the man was. Um, really sad that it happened. Um, shifting away from that story as we must. United Airlines pilot is a big old pimp. Literally. The Houston Chronicle reported. Bruce Wayne Wallace, a 51-year-old United Airlines pilot, was arrested and accused of running brothels in various apartment complexes in Houston. He allegedly ran a half dozen brothel apartments with about six to ten women each. First of all, how many of these fucking apartments? Because I'd like one. I'd like to move into one. Wallace wanted the women to pay him $400 a week for their work. Nineteen women arrested for prostitution. No clients taken into custody. Because uh, I guess they, they came quickly and then left quickly. Um... 400 bucks a week? Listen, I don't know much about prostitution. I'd say close to nothing about it. But it seems like a pretty good deal. Like, if you're going to go into a life of prostitution, you might want to go under this guy if he ever gets out of jail because just 400 bucks a week and you get to keep the rest? He's not even taking a cut, like, of, of each sex act? Or unless they were, like, awkward-looking prostitutes that were just not charging much? And he's taking a huge cut? I don't know the details. But I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're, look, if you're a cash-strapped prostitute looking for a pimp that's going to cut you a great deal... You might want to seek out this airline pilot when he gets out of jail. Mmm, tasty water. Um, film companies tried to stop Georgia's Religious Liberty, a.k.a. anti-gay rights bill this week, the Daily Beast reported. Time Warner, 20th Century Fox, Lionsgate, among the major film production companies who joined Disney and Viacom in protests of Georgia's recently passed anti-LGBT legislation. The state's so-called religious liberty law was called discriminatory and anti-gay. So the studios banded together to send a message to Governor Nathan Deal. They will be they will hold doing business in his state, which houses a huge film industry. Atlanta itself has got a lot of film. And I've shot a pilot in Atlanta once. 
Not that my pilot that made no money and never sold was a big part of that money, but you get the point. Um, sponsors of the bill said it protect individuals and religious organizations that do not believe in same-sex marriage, where opponents saw it as a doorway to discrimination against gays. If signed into law, the Georgia bill would have allowed pastors to opt out of performing same-sex weddings, which is now, by the way, the law of the land across the nation. So stop trying to stop shit that you can't stop because it's already been started and it's too late to stop it. And would have given religious organizations the ability to refuse certain services, including charitable services, if doing so clashed with their religious beliefs. Faith-based organizations also would have been permitted to use their religious beliefs to govern hiring and firing decisions. Look, if you're an individual pastor, you don't really want to perform a gay marriage, then try and just not do that. But you don't need laws codifying in the book of your state to say, just, so, just you know, the state says I don't have to do this. Just be a dick and don't do it if you have to do that. But the law does not need to reflect your own personal biases. Religions may have been twisted to have interpretations that discriminate against groups of people, but I assure you the laws of any state in America, as we progress towards a more evolved way to live, are not going to be be codifying into their books permission for you to be a dick to people who are just trying to be happy. A lot of religious, it's both houses of, of Congress in Georgia are Republican, and they have a very strong religious uh, right wing, and um, this is their top priority, and our, and and uh, hey, get a more important top priority, okay? Even if this is important to you, how about make it be party like six? Party six to nine. How about that? Sixty-nine. You know, some gays do. And straights as well, by the way. Um, happy to report Governor Deal vetoed the bill. So a brief moment. He's a Republican governor as well. So um, it's nice to see that, that some people can use their brains and do not go with the mob mentality of hatred that seems to, to be... Uh, a force to be reckoned with oftentimes these days. Just two more stories before Twitter answers and we wrap this thing up. And I will come in probably about 35 minutes. I'm excited about this. I'm actually holding true to my new tighter, shorter, kinder, gentler podcasts, minus the last two adjectives. Fidel Castro bashed Obama after his visit last week, the Daily Beast reported, in his first public response to President Obama's visit last week. Former Cuban President Fidel Castro penned a scathing letter published Monday calling the American leaders' words, words syrupy and harmful. Syrupy, it's an interesting use of an adjective in, in and of itself. Quote, we don't need any gifts from the empire, Castro wrote in Grandma, the Cuban Communist Party newspaper. The elderly dictator wrote that Obama's feel-good words by the brotherhood about brotherhood were enough to give Cubans a heart attack, and perhaps the United States should reflect upon its own policies before judging the Castro regime. I just reported the story to ask you, why on earth is the Cuban Communist Party's newspaper named Grandma? That's the main reason I reported that story. No guns to be allowed at a Republican convention, despite a petition that garnered more than 43,000 signatures, the Daily Beast reported. The U.S. Secret Service said Monday the people attending the Republican National Convention won't be allowed to carry firearms. Only authorized law enforcement personnel will. And look, I obviously don't think it's a smart idea for people to be allowed to carry firearms at a convention with the potential next president of the United States of America. But it's interesting that none of the Republican candidates back this bill, considering 
the fact that they are in favor of open carry laws. They are huge NRA supporters. They are not in favor of even across the board gun regulation, uh, across the board background checks, universal background checks for guns, not in favor of closing the gun show loophole where you can get a gun without a background check. And yet, when it comes to gun being near them, they're like, maybe it's not the best. It's not going to be reflected in our policies, but it's going to be reflected in me not wanting a gun near me. And look, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a gun guy. I like guns. I go shooting guns. I am a huge supporter of the Second Amendment. I want to do nothing and take away people's guns. At the same time, uh, we need to have common sense. And maybe in if you don't want a gun at... You know, an open carry policy at an event like a political convention, maybe it also shouldn't be on, say, school campuses or at bars. Things that were passed recently in states like Texas allowing such behavior. So, look, be for guns and also be able to stand up to the NRA and say, but not in every single case, you guys. So just a thought right there. And um, it is time now. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know where we at. It's time to check with the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Glebe Squad, the Glebe Club, the Glebe Club members and all of us, the friends with benefits, Ben in all caps to really make that point clear, the Beglebers in all of us, hashtag Beglebers Unite. It is time for Twitter answers. It is Twitter Answers, and since the podcast today ends right after this, I'm going to quickly tell you about a couple live shows, then we do Twitter Answers, and we close this puppy up, up down. Um, as I've been mentioning, I have a another, uh, I have a very exciting political special coming to GSN on April 20th, uh, 4.20, one of my favorite days on the calendar for no reason, no apparent reason, just because the fact that it's another day, and I like living, let's just say that, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, at 11 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, after the Skin Wars Season 3 premiere, will be Political Idiot Test, a spin-off of Idiot Test. One time only for now, and success perhaps more, so please watch and tell your friends about it. Totally different format, different set, different setup. Political pundits competing against each other on brain puzzles and other games. But really, the point of it to be actually to have a political conversation, there will be a pundit on the left and a pundit on the right. We're going to get huge people, one of each. To come on there and just talk politics while playing a fun game. It's going to be funny and informative. Please watch it on the Game Show Network on April 20th. And of course, eight days before that, April 12th. And our new time slot, Tuesdays at 10, 9 central. The Idiot Test Season 3 premiere. Our premiere episode featuring celebrities Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood. Versus Gabby Dunn and Glozell. Um... And an amazing season to come with many things, including a nude episode. So stay tuned for that, y'all. Um, and again, tune in to abcnews.com slash live to watch my last two days co-anchoring this Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, co-anchoring ABC News digital live stream news broadcast with the wonderful Amna Nawaz. Um, and I'm um, just a guest in there this week. It's a real honor. And please uh, tweet at ABC News Live. If you enjoy what I do on there and tell them to have me back or just tell them that you enjoy what I'm doing, that would be cool. Um, and uh, 
Also happy to, again to announce for Political Detest our partnership with Pop Sugar. I'm on Snapchat. I'm crazy on there. Among all this other stuff I'm doing every day, I am snapping away, creating real weird, fun, funny stuff. I'm there just at Ben Glebe on Snapchat. So add me, follow me every day, watch my story. You know, I'm creating some crazy snaps for y'all. I still have a big stand-up announcement coming for you. Uh, as soon as I can announce it, I will do so. It should be the next couple of weeks. I'll be able to announce something very big. Feels for you can't make it out to one of my live shows. And um, I think you're going to like it. And uh, I'll be performing live this weekend at Captain Brian's Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida, April 1st through 3rd. Get tickets right now at offthehookcomedy.com. The La Jolla Comedy Store with Jade Cotapreta from Girl Code and Manhattan Love Story, April 29th and 30th. Edmonton, I'll be at the, the uh, Comic Strip, May 5 through 9. Tickets at, comic strip dot, at thecomicstrip.ca. Vancouver at the Comedy Mix, May 12 through 14. Minneapolis at the House of Comedy, June 2 through 5, houseofcomedy.net. San Antonio, Texas, the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, June 23 through 26. And Chicago, my first time performing there in many years, at Zany's, the Legendary Club, August 24th through 27th. Go to bengleebcom slash calendar for all my dates or... Enter hashtag GleebLive2016 on Twitter or Instagram, and you'll see a lot of those dates highlighted. Or just hit your rewind 10-second button twice and hear these dates again. You guys know how technology works, right? You ain't a tweet bot. I asked the Brain Trust this week, if you could change one thing about America, what would it be? Some great answers. Got to be honest with you, some really solid answers. Chris Haas, old favorite of ours, says education. I said, in what way? Or is lack of education making a more complete answer hard? Chris replied, In the way that kids could receive personalized instruction, nurturing their creativity. Teacher pay could be based on meritocracy. True. Great points. Love that idea. Not funny, but strong. Very strong. Um, at I Resonate said, Systemic racism. I don't disagree with that. It's hard to stop interpersonal racism when there's racism built into our system. Don't disagree with that at all. Megan Edge, at not Megan Edge, our old friend, welcome back. Unity in spite of different ideologies. We're missing a sense of community and responsibility for each other. Divided we fall. So true, profound really. That's why I've advocated forever to get rid of the two-party system. There's no point in pitting ourselves against each other. We're not at war against each other. This is not a pickup basketball game. This is not two opposing gangs like in West Side Story. There's no one named Maria. We're all one nation. We should just debate things issue by issue and not have these monolithic parties that have platforms that people get chastised and ostracized if they deviate from them in any way. That is ridiculous. Um... I tried to bring that up to Maxine Waters in a previous episode at the Democratic convention four years ago. She didn't want to debate this with me. Representative in Congress, Maxine Waters. Fine. I'll have to talk about it by myself into my, my recorder in a hotel room in New York, as I just did. Virginia Nichols at Fuji4131 says, Reduce the election cycle time. Candidates get six months to announce and prove themselves worthy. Couldn't agree more. It's so ridiculous that it's extended only in the last couple cycles to being this year-and-a-half to two-year-long process. Shouldn't be half of a president's term people running for president. Six months is plenty. Give them nine months. But a year-and-a-half or more is absurd. Nora No No H, Harry Bosch, at Harry Boschgal, says, The embarrassment of this election season. We are becoming, if not already are, a laughing stock. Look, it's true. It's very true. 
Uh, side note, I see your hashtag last week on earth. If you go to at last week on earth on Twitter, you can see the great B Woodbury, uh, every week tweets, highlight quotes from these episodes. Please retweet the quotes you like, add, you know, quote the tweet and add an endorsement. Tell people to listen to the podcast and subscribe and rate and leave a review. Please do that. If you enjoy the podcast, please get your friends to listen. We, we want to get the numbers up. We want to get back on the iTunes high in the iTunes chart. So, uh, you know, be cool. Blake Bishop at BR Bishop writes, trying to think of something profound, but my mind keeps going back to legalize pot, so I guess that's my answer. Once again, political idiot test on 420 on GSN. At Ben Gleiberman tweets at me, if I can change one thing about America, you, sir, would not be on TV. Thank you so much. Person with profile picture of me. Very weird. At Tim Goulet, we need to significantly reduce the number of cats one person can own. That's solid. It's a solid point. I do not disagree. Uh, Nancy H. at Lady Nancy Kate says, I would want people to have more common sense. If Trump has a shot at being president, then something is horribly wrong in that department. Yeah, speak on it. It's the main reason I brought this podcast back, so I do not disagree with that either. At Stefan speaking says, and I'm going to leave it here, um, because I think this is a very decent... Uh, let me say one more before this last one. First, at Stephanie199124, Stephanie Walters says, It would be to stop bullying because I had to deal with bullying my whole life because of my disability. And I agree. Look, I started the Don't Be a Dick Pledge, which you can still sign at tinyurl.com slash Don't Be a Dick Pledge. And you don't want to be a dick pledge ever. Um, I was bullied a ton as a kid as well, Stephanie. I had a severe speech problem. I got bullied. I got beaten up. Uh, it's certainly no fun. Kids can be dicks. Some degree it makes you tougher, but it's also very difficult for a child to go through. Couldn't agree with you more. But we're going to end on one that's a little bit more on, uh, pertinent and just honestly funnier. Stefan1234 at Stefan speaking says, What's one thing I would change about this nation if I could? Not adding taxes to prices on the shelf. Hashtag annoying. 199 coffee is actually 206. Honestly, who has six cents? Speak on it, Stefan. I mean, a lot of us are using credit cards, and so you don't really have to shell out the coins, but I do understand your larger point. And uh, I thank you all for contributing. Brain Trust, you never let me down. You always have interesting things to say, funny things to say. I appreciate it all. And I'm going to leave you all now. Eh, a little longer than I wanted, but still shorter than usual. At just under 42 minutes. It'll be just over when this is done. Uh, I will leave you this week with a uh, special song from the aforementioned It's Gary Shandling Show, one of the great comedies that helped shape my humor that I grew up with. This is the very creative, self-reflexive theme song of the It's Gary Shandling Show that Gary helped create and write this theme song. Um, it'll be a brief uh, end of a monologue to camera from Gary Shandling on the show, uh, right into the theme song, and that'll be it. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. I really can't stay up. I'm actually off to the post office to pick up a package. I think it's uh, another book from my book club. And, uh... <laughs> That's right, I read. What, is that so startling? I happen, to, I happen to think there's a lot more to life than just watching television. You can read about it, too. Did you know that? That's why I belong to the Television Biography Book of the Month Club. The TVBBOTMC. I'm sure you've heard of it. And, uh... Let's take a look.
called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. I'm almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? How do you like the theme to Gary show? This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.